Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Of course it does. Good morning. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Yes, Dave Cook is here. Walking in with beverages during the intro music, but you're... Kick back, relax, and ready for an exciting show. I absolutely am, Brian. We're gonna go. We're gonna go ham on it today. We're gonna have uh, a whole lot of excitement. We got Lavelle coming in. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be awesome this morning. It is gonna be fun. I was gonna say anybody who was enjoying the show previous to us, which we sometimes don't, if we're being completely transparent. Lavelle Neal was on there, and if it was like, man, I wish this conversation would continue. Give us a half hour. Will. Yep, hundred percent. It's gonna be talk fun to talk ball, but again. The thing with Lavelle is he covers everything. So we can talk to him about how good the Gopher hockey team is. We could. I mean, we can do all those things. Right. Mr. Anti-Duluth, Dave Cook is here. He's excited for today's contest. But again, I said the Gophers may just look at where Brett Larson is from and see Duluth, Minnesota in the coach's bio and pucker a little bit and the Gophers could take an L today. We'll see. I, I, I want to go back to your statement. You know, UMD is not in the tournament this year. Right. But we can celebrate a Minnesota team in the in, same color. But you're being a little bit Dave Sinekin-ish when you kick off a Duluth-based show by mentioning go for hockey. It's a little like I, going on this station and glorifying the Packers immediately. It's very similar. I, I, I think that I didn't start with that. I think I started with Lavelle. Right. I but mean, what were you going to talk to him about? Well, I'm going to talk to him about ball. That is exactly how you I know, started. If the Timberwolves <laughs> could backpedal on defense as efficiently as Dave Cook is doing it now, uh, the T-Wolves wouldn't have to worry about playing or top six. Yeah, right. That's uh, that. You know, there's another good topic we can talk to Lavelle about. We can talk to them about the reintroduction of Cat into the offense, which went well once, but we'll see if the game two can be like a movie. Right. That's the stuff movies are made of. Yes. Or the way Cat directly quoted it, movies is made of. But yeah, that's nope. completely different. Yeah, that was kind of a funny statement. But It'd it was a little about. bit it was a little bit scripted and it ended up ending well. It did, but come on, it's it's game like seventy of a eighty game schedule, man. And right. You, you've been now gone for fifty two. Now games. we're eleven and a half out of that top spot. <laughs> right. And you hit two free throws. I mean, that's awesome that you did that. I mean, I, I'd rather have him hit him than miss him, but we may have overplayed how much we did overplay that it. That's what Minnesota does we, as a sports we market. We well just too. did. Absolutely. But I'll tell you this. It was good that he did make them, as you mentioned, because I was about to text you that night. Everything looks normal because cat is back and cat looks pretty good. And his stat sheet's going to look pretty good. And they're about to lose. That can, game was not going well. And it turned right at the right moment. Can we talk about the reason they won that game? We can talk about darn near anything Jayden, today because that's our theme. Jaden McDaniels. McDaniels is a real deal. He is earning some millions and millions. Like, is he a max guy coming out of his rookie deal? I don't know if it's that far that quickly, but are you worried about that? He's playing his way out of Minnesota because they have other decisions to make with various players and not a ton of draft capital to work with yeah, and things I, like that. I think somebody's gone. I don't know if it's going to be him. How about his defense on Julius Randle one night 
and Trey Young the next. They're well, completely different players. I agree with that, but Except I don't. he didn't have him the whole game. Yeah. He had him at the end when it mattered. Because I was going to say, if you look at Julius Randle's night earlier this week, yeah. nobody's glorifying he, the defensive effort that the T-Wolves put forth. He, yeah, he didn't have him for the whole game. But when there was money on the table at the end, and Julius Randle had the ball going for 59 points, Jaden said, mm, no. The best part about that night in general was, I guess, threefold for me. The Timberwolves victory, and it was very Nick-esque to score that many points and still lose. Yeah. And then Tibbs took the L. I have no problem with any of those three things. That's true. The next night they're playing Atlanta, though, and the best player on Atlanta's team is Trey Young. Right. And The next game. It was not a next night. Otherwise, that's right. headline news in the NBA right, right, on a back-to-back. Right. Go ahead. The um, but they were trying. Atlanta's trying to get the ball in for the last shot, and they put McDaniel's on a five foot eleven inch point guard who shoots the lights out and has no conscience, and they couldn't even get him the ball <laughs> because Jaden had him locked down. I mean, this kid's making himself huge money, right? But this is also where skepticism comes in for the Minnesota Timberwolves because history tells you this franchise doesn't have a lot of success. And every time they seem to be turning a proverbial corner to get there this year, yep. they take the two steps forward, two steps back immediately. And they've got a little bit of a gauntlet of a schedule coming up. So we can, if you want to, talk to Lavelle about that. Because, again, the start of this soliloquy, if you will, was the versatility of Lavelle Neal. He's our first guest at 1030 today. We could also talk to him a little bit about his bracket to see if he has one left at the NCAA Division One basketball tournament. Because... Yours and mine passed away slowly last night as the number ones faded completely. Yeah, last night was hard. I mean, last weekend, we're sitting here ex- super excited because I had like two teams gone. Right. And what a week, of, what a change a week makes. I got nobody passed today. <laughs> right. I ended last weekend in first after like the first two days I was in 12th in one of my brackets. I told you by the end, I might be back towards 12th. Yeah, I I very disappointed in the in the teams that I picked because I really felt strongly about Tennessee and Houston. Like right. I really felt strongly about Houston, and they took the gas pipe. And in Alabama, just like you know, we talk about it in volleyball. It's one of the weirdest things I've seen in volleyball. There's freakout moments, you know, where really good teams minimize those, and and teams that are that are coming are you know they have these. You know, five point freakout moments. Right. Which changed. Alabama had a minute and a half freakout moment at the end of that game, and it was just like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> they really did look discombobulated at best. A football school needed Nick Saban to settle things down at that moment. Hundred percent, and and to be more disciplined and and all that. It was just like, where did this number one seed go? Number and one replaced, overall seed in the entire tournament yeah, and, as well, and replaced with. Whatever this is. Right. But that's also why I filled out multiple brackets this year because I did do one thing to save face because we had Nick Cooper on a couple of weeks ago to talk about the bracket challenge that this station does. And there's the staff competition. Yep. At least. And it looks like you'll be right in the mix too. At least the two guys that have a sports show in this building are very likely to finish one, two. I've already won. Thank goodness. But it looks like the two of us will at least be well represented. So when they reflect on that, they go, oh, well, the guys that talk about it for a living, at least, you know, again, save face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope, let's hope that continues to happen. I can't believe I don't have anybody past today, Brian. Right. Like I brought Kansas State. You were updating point. your bracket today, and I haven't seen that much crisscross since everybody was jump, jump. You were crossing everything Every, out with Penn. Everybody. I have Kansas State today, 
And I have, uh, who's the other team? I have? It helps if you lean into your mic when you look at your bracket. Gonzaga. There you go. But today's the last day but, I have them up. I was going to say, you have them playing. You don't have them winning. You have no more points to right. collect. Yep. And it's just amazing because I felt so good after the first weekend. Right. But there is NCAA basketball on the women's side, Division One and Division Two. Division One was exciting for Gianna Neepkins yesterday. Unfortunately, they fell short. She did lead Utah's offense in that lost LSU. Yeah, she leads that Utah team as a rule. Um, but yeah, the LSU kind of put the screws to him a little bit and, and, uh, the LSU team's pretty good. They are much to the chagrin of many of the women's basketball fans in society, but LSU continues to be very good. Yep. There are some blue bloods in that particular sport as well. The Yukons, South Carolina's, the LSU's that you just depend on plus Tennessee, even, you know, post Pat summit. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing. It seems to me, and I think we're going to see this in college. I think the NIL is going to is going to make this happen. I think those blue blue bloods right now are going to continue to get better. I think that the teams that are struggling right now, right, um, the transfer portal could kill them. If you're bad now, you could be bad forever. Ever and and the NIL, if you don't have like guys on that. And I don't mean guys, players, I mean guys, administrative that, folks who work with it and, and businesses that want that college team to be super successful. Right. I mean, like the, the Gophers men's basketball I was going to say, you team. kicked off with talking about Oof. how good Gopher hockey is. They better lean on that because it might be all they have besides football. Football's lost a couple, but PJ seems to be able to reload a little bit. Yeah. That's maybe strong, but they're not going to be bad. But I'm wondering if basketball's got a long road ahead. But that goes back to what this conversation started with. It's like if you're bad today with all the changes and allowing people to transfer and get paid, and it's like 1985 football, except all the things they did that was illegal are legal now. Right. And why would anybody come to a bad team? Right. So all of a sudden you've got yourself in the mosh where it, it might never change. Well, it's like what PA said on this show last week. Basically, it's become like professional sport free agency. Yep. You need somebody. With no rules. You need somebody to want to come home and then that somebody to be very good and other people to go, oh, they're not going to be bad. I'll go there too. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I'll be frank, is that college sports is becoming less and less interesting to me because at least in the pros, you you see movement all over the place and there's rules to it. There are no rules in the NCAA right now. Like, anybody can pay whatever to right. any player. It is an extreme free-for-all. But the good news is there's always Division Two because the UMD Bulldogs, the women, next Saturday, no fool, and it's April Fool's Day next Saturday, but they're going to be playing for a national title in Dallas watching that semifinal. Man, I haven't been that nervous watching UMD basketball yep. since I was the radio voice of that team. But, man, I was into it. This is fun. Brooke Olson is Brooke Olson, but there's a lot of support there, too. There is. And, and you know, you and I got to do a radio broadcast of theirs against St. Cloud. And St. Cloud had a bunch of really good players, right. right? And when UMD decided, it was over. And it's fun to watch that mentality for a full game. Like you said, Brooke Olson is is a lot of fun, but Hackamacki's fun to watch, right. too. And, Hackamacki, and Thiessen, it's, you know, uh, Gilbertson's been the X factor in the postseason. Pick a bulldog. They've all been good right now. Well, and, and the championships game is going to be on national TV. Right. So take them. Technically, the semifinal was too, but it's depending upon which cable package you have. For me, it was old hat. If you go on social media, between oodles of pictures of the Northern Lights and everybody wondering what channel the CBS Sports Network is, 
that was the topic that on co- social yeah, media this covered, week. That covered social media. However, the Northern Lights were pretty cool. Right. And very so. Match your sweatshirt today. It you got does. your North Stars garb on. I, I do. And I have my one of my best friends just sent me. He's moving to Dallas, and he just sent me his new Dallas Stars. Uh, and it's like he doesn't know what I'm wearing. It almost took my heart out. I'm right. Like, what are you? What? And so, uh, yes, anyways, besides that, I, I do think that take if you're a basketball fan or a Duluth fan at all, Take time to watch this because this doesn't happen very often and your team is really good. I was going to say they do watch parties at Hoops Brewing. I would advise folks to do that because it's one of our illustrious sponsors. We have several. Absolutely, we do. Start with Hoops Brewing, uh, OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, and the OG, Arola Architecture Studio. The OG, Mr. Ryan Arola, who sent me a text. This is about as related to NCAA basketball conversation that Ryan and I have. He sent me two texts last night. Number one, he knew I was sold on Houston like you were. So when they were down, I think 17, he sent me, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> and then later when Xavier was getting pummeled by Texas, he sent me, okay, so I've watched this game and I still have no idea what a travel is because everything looks like one. Oh, 100%. The Euro step really does kind of... Right, make the euro step, kind of the gather. Thing. There are all kinds of excuses for traveling Abs- these days. Absolutely, and, and truthfully, it is. And the big dunks, the impressive ones, they almost have to travel to get that high and get that far. Right, but of course, if any of the new age coaches are listening to this show right now, they're going, "You guys are the old get off my lawn guys." It's not traveling anymore, and I get it. That's we've, what we just said. We've adjusted, <laughs> but it looks different. Yeah, it's not traveling anymore. All those things that we just discussed. Right, not traveling anymore. So we are the Northland Sports Page. We're talking a lot of basketball off the top today because. This is really your heyday if you're a basketball fan, but to say that that's all there is would be the biggest lie possible. You're right, and let's move on. But UMD Women makes basketball relevant this week. Yes. So watch this weekend. I would say more than relevance because for me it's always relevant. I would say that basketball becomes paramount thanks to okay. the UMD Bulldogs this week. That's, that's a good word. I was talking to people that aren't basketball fans. Right. This week be a basketball fan. Because, again, this week had the state boys high school tournaments. We've got all-star games to close the show with. Yep. You've got basketball any way you want it right now. Yep, 100%. So it's time if you're, if you're a hockey guy and you think basketball is blah 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 well, you know what? It's time to cheer for your girls there because UMD is going to go. Right, and if you don't love basketball, there's other stuff to be excited about. There's the wild. There's college hockey, not just go for hockey, Dave Cook. There's the NFL offseason. The Twins are going to open by Thursday. There's plenty to be excited about. So we've already covered basketball. Do you yep. think we should transition to potentially a new topic? Yeah, 100%. All what right, do you so, do? so we're going to do it Save by the Bell style today because here's when you're going to know that we're going to transition. You will hear this. All right, so we've covered our You've basketball. Been working on that yes. all morning. I've been ready for that <laughs> since about 8 a.m. So we covered our excitement towards the Wolves, the NCAA tournaments, UMD in particular. Yep. So aside from basketball, again, my remote control had fumes a couple of times this week. Yeah, let's let's go to the ice uh, because the Minnesota Wild are playing like the real deal. Do you remember about a month and a half ago where I said blow them up because they're they're not doing anything? I do. And you remember how I argued with you? Yes. That you, you can't did. do that to a team that's right in the thick of it? You you did. And then the guys who I was ready to lose have played pretty well. Dumba's been pretty good. Or some of them have left because we talked about Jordan Greenway's got to go. He did. And yep. you know, we didn't get anything for him per se because we don't know yet because it was picks. But there is addition by subtraction. Plus Billy Guerin, I know that there's a Midas touch. 
maybe there needs to be a Garen touch too because Marcus Johansson, so he's been here before. When they picked him up, we all went, okay. But he's been a big difference maker. For Boldy. think that's what I mean. I think we've discovered something. You're going to hear that question later. Spoiler alert. You, You can't. You can't put Boldy with grinders. I think that's what we're finding out. He needs to be with somebody that can match his pace. Because, you know, when Fiala went off, it was because Boldy was there. And Boldy played off on Fiala last year. Right. Well, now it's Johansson. And, you know, he's got enough speed to keep up with him. And when we first acquired Sunquist, I'll be honest, you and I had to work the Google machine a little bit and find out more about him and find out that it isn't Trevor's long-lost cousin. But even Sunquist, every time the Wilder in a big moment, on the power play in particular... It's new name here, new acquisition here, new acquisition here. I know Klingberg is a little bit hit or miss. I'll have to talk to Lavelle about him too because Lavelle had one of the funniest Dave Cookish inadvertent tweet mistakes that you'll see. Because do you remember Scott Klingenbeck? I do. The pitcher for the Twins? Yes. Lavelle was tweeting about hockey and he got Klingberg and Klingenbeck confused and Twitter kind of ran with it. Go figure. Oh, Ben there. Yeah. Right. Ben there. No, you've never had a pronunciation or a last name. Completely. Right. Wait a minute. Do people have to drink when Lavelle also has a (laughs) a mispronunciation? Have a mimosa on us here at the Northland Sports page. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, though, Klingberg has been pretty good. Yeah. Like, like I know that he's a little hit and miss. Well, it's a little crazy because he's he's a little Dumba-esque. He's very skilled. And then he makes a mistake on the defensive end. And you go, oh, boy. But he comes across as an adult. Because he's been there. Yeah, there's no freak out to his game. And uh, offensively, he makes some really good plays. And yes, you're going to struggle with some defense. So you got to put him with a partner who can play D. But I mean, I was expecting a disaster and he hasn't been a disaster. So the interesting part is overall, this team's playing well. They're right in the thick of a first place chase. They play Chicago this afternoon at four. But overall, this team's playing well. Coming off of Thursday where they got a point but couldn't hold a lead and really looked pretty sluggish against a not very good Philadelphia Flyers team. Yeah, Coach Everson went off, which is what I like about him. Nothing is ever good enough. No, I I agree because that Flyers team is looking for Bedard, not for wins, and so to uh, play to that level was hard. But again, Flurry was unreal in the first period. Or that 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 game could have really been awful. Right, it certainly could have snowballed on them. And again, is it good or bad to not know who your number one goalie is? Well, when they're playing like this, it's okay. You know, it's when they're both bad that the problem is. Right. Or when you enter the playoffs and you have to choose one. Because this isn't yeah. all that different from last year between Talbot and Flurry. We know the resume. We know the cup cred, as everybody loves to say, heavily favors one. Are we sure the overall play doesn't favor the other? After last year's um, kind of debacle where he wouldn't pull the plug on Flurry, I wonder if Gustafson doesn't get the first game. Which is going to be really interesting because the other thought is, of course, you don't bring somebody like Flurry here to not use him when it matters most. Correct. 100%. But he's been here now for a year. So I think Gustafson being hot and Flurry seems to be a really team guy. Right. I can see uh, Evanson saying, yeah, last year I screwed that up a little bit. And uh, this year we're going to this year we're going to uh, write that ship. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I am excited about the wild, thankfully, because going to college hockey, Thank I talked you. about it in the car. I'm not, and it's not because UMD is not in it, because I'll watch plenty of it looking for a good game. Now, is it more exciting when UMD's in it? Obviously. But, Gopher fans aside, watching eight spots get put up by somebody in almost every game, that doesn't look very good because hockey only has 16 teams, not the 68 that basketball has. So some of these routes you expect in round one of the basketball tournament. We're looking at, you know, Ohio State's, 
hockey team, Penn State's hockey team. Penn State's hockey team is putting up numbers that their basketball team would have. This is a little bit silly. Yeah, 100% agree. You know, I was talking to Dan Stauber years ago when he coached UWS, and he said the hard thing with coaching Division Three is that enough uh, there's enough Division One teams that uh, you know snipe the the who would be the top end Division Threes. What's happening now is with the additional teams now in in Division One since that conversation, you know the best players are still going to the best teams. What's happening is those the next level Division Three kids who are now playing for Long Island University and Arizona State and stuff. Um, they've brought that lower end maybe, up a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We but thought they, they've brought grinders in, and so you see teams like Michigan, Minnesota, Penn State, Denver, even though they lost, going against these teams full of grinders. Right, and you know the universe. I mean, we well, see the Gophers fly, and hockey is a little bit different, obviously, because you look at Canisius and the player that they interviewed after the first intermission. And I know people can look a certain way. But I looked at this guy and I go, he's got to be 30. What is happening here? I mean, the college age player is getting a little bit older. Yeah, no, that's that's very true as well. But before we jump to another sport. Yeah, we don't have to yet because I'll let you have the floor for a moment because the Big Ten has been flexing in this I'm tournament. I'm not going to go there. But I mean, they absolutely are. Let's just call it yes, what it is. Are. I mean, the NCHC is down to one team left and the Battle of Minnesota is today. So it's very likely that St. Cloud will be done too. But the Big Ten, holy cow. Yeah, it could literally be an all Big Ten uh, Final Four. Um I'm pretty sure that's trying right. to think of bracket wise. It could or not. I think it could. Yeah. Um, but I want to quick talk about Scholastica's all Americans. Okay. They had three all Americans this year. First team, all Americans. I was going to say Google Ledenkoff and you'll find them. Yeah. Both, both Ledenkoff's are first team, all Americans. Right. And our goaltender, Jack Bostad is uh second team, all American. Well, let's not forget the coach. Uh, yeah. Dave Williams gets honors that he, he deserves. Yes. hundred percent. And his persona behind the bench is just awesome. But, you know, Scholastica needs to get a hat, a hat tip on that because it's been a while. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, congratulations to my team. So they performed very well. I hope this tournament gets a little better yeah. in terms of just good games. Because, again, I can sound like a pouty UMD fan, and I'm not. Because, again, they weren't anywhere near this tournament for a good month and a half. I think anybody who had a reality check knew they weren't going to get there. But a lot of people complained about three Minnesota teams that made it all having to be in the same region. I don't know that that has merit or not because hockey's always done it this way. If if you're new here, I can understand where you're upset. It's more geographic in hockey than it is in basketball. And I know you're rolling your eyes at the UMD not making. It doesn't bother me that much. Oh, you heard that? But it's but it's not like they failed by point zero 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 one. They failed by the month called January. It's completely different. There's no heartbreak for UMD fans, I don't think, unless you didn't pay attention all year. So, anyways, the uh the Gopher St. Cloud State game ought to be ought to be something because right. it, let's not pretend the Gophers. It's lose. usually hard for me to cheer for the Huskies. Not today. Let, let's be honest; they've split the season. I mean, this isn't a team that Minnesota's blown away, right? Right. Then maybe that's a good thing for the Gophers because they seem to lose interest. But is there a bigger Jekyll and Hyde than St. Cloud? Because no. I looked at the Huskies when they eliminated UMD in the opening round of the NCHC playoffs, and I said, you know, this went three because St. Cloud maybe it's just matchup troubles with UMD. But I looked at it and said, this St. Cloud team just isn't consistent enough. And I kind of thought they'd go to the frozen faceoff and get blitzed. They won the thing. Yeah. And then I thought, well, Minnesota State will beat them because Minnesota State finds their groove in this tournament. They blitz them too. Who yeah. is St. Cloud? Will the real St. Cloud please stand up? Well, and, and how about the mercenary kid, the Crookshanks kid that played at the Gophers last year and the year before, I think it was at CC. Um, 
that kid can play, and now he's helping St. Cloud get to where they get. Do you want to? Do you want to move along? I think we can do that. I'm so oh. excited. There's your cue. Yes. yes. So I don't know if I am about the Vikings off season or not, because you're in a very weird spot. You had the big flurry of activity last week because free agency opened. The draft is still basically a month away. Oh. This is the calm before the storm. There's been a lot of criticism of what the Vikings have done. I'm not going to go there, but there's no reason to do cartwheels either. This is very much wait and see. It, it is, and, and they've brought in replacement guys who are more aggressive and trying to get Flores' defense players for his defense, right? Which is cool. I mean, my fear is this. I'm excited about the draft, right? That's, that's, my, that's my thing. And I'm really excited for what the Vikings are going to do, except if they decide to mortgage the future and move up for the Kentucky quarterback. Like, I don't want Do you think that. they'll have to, is the question. Yeah, I think they'll have to. Because there have been to. some projections that still have them sitting there at 23 and they get them anyway. If that happens, then... Then I, you should be ecstatic. Yes, but if they if they trade that number 23 and their 87th pick to move up five slots to get him, well, now you don't have another pick till the hundreds. Right. And this team has so many holes. They need to trade back with 33 to, like, the first part of the second round and add some picks, not delete picks. See, and that's fantastic analysis, but everything that you just said is why I'm not excited about the draft because, <laughs> again, it's all you'll prove it later. And I, I realized that it wouldn't exist really without analysis. Otherwise, you're just picking and people let it go. But it's not just the analysis. It's the overjoy or tuck you off the ledge based on somebody who's done nothing. And I'm not going to go there at great length today because I did it we'll last year, and no. I'll do it again in April because there'll be somebody – that you have to talk out of leaving the fan base entirely, and there'll be somebody because of a corner they get in round four that will declare them Super Bowl champs. And I'm get out of here with either one of those. Well, if it's the six foot three kid from Kansas State, See, but that's what I mean. Round. Shut up. You know, I mean, it's for every, again. Here's my here's my NFL draft summary. For every Deion Sanders, there's a Chris Cook. Yep. For every Randy Moss, there's a Troy Williamson. Let's say for every Randy Moss, for every there's Peyton Manning, 20, there's a Jamarcus Russell. There's there's twenty of those other guys. right. But I love the people who watch college football for five minutes, and I know you watch more of it, but people that watch college football for five minutes or not at all will get on a soapbox and declare X about a player yep, from because the they find their narrative on Google. Yeah, uh, and they've Drives watched, me nuts. And they watch the combine. Right. The, uh, now the, I can rip it all I want. I'll watch plenty of it. You know it. Yeah, I, here's the thing. The Levis kid from Kentucky, as a junior, was pretty good. Uh, and when he had the Wandale a wide receiver that's playing for the Jets, I think, now. Um, so an NFL wide receiver. But this year, without that, he was getting pressured, and he looked bad, right? But yesterday in his pro day, I don't know if you saw the video, he threw a 70-yard strike into the end zone to one of his wide receivers, and arms like that get drafted early. Absolutely. So that should be exciting. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Okay, the last that time one... it sounded like an eye roll as well. The last one... <laughs> Into our next segment, because Lavelle Neal will be here, the Twins start Thursday. Now, you and I Amazing. were talking just steps away from the front door here that we're both very excited, not just because it's baseball, but because we think they're going to be good. And right away, we went, that's a little scary. Yeah, don't say that out loud and find some wood right. to knock on. I just did on a mic. I feel like I'm screwed now. Yeah, I, I think there's something there, Brian. Yeah. And it's because I'm not a believer in Cleveland because they kind of won with a little bit of pitching and smoke and mirrors. Uh, I'm a big believer in the White Sox. They're the team that scares me. But there's no reason this Twins team, with the talent that they have and the deeper pitching staff, right. can't like 
control this division. Well, I think what we're going to do is find out that the excuses that were valid last year, if those are fixed, if that's really only how far away the Twins were. Because did they make some upgrades? Yes. Mainly in pitching, but some positional some players too. Stuff, yep. And the depth stuff was out of necessity because last year, everybody of any Correct. paramount importance got hurt. Correct. So if we believe, which we tried to say it last year, well, the reason this team fell short is everybody was injured and it's enough for the reclamation projects on the mound. They're not doing either one of those. Yep. If that's truly enough, then this is a very good team. If it's not, then we overvalued some young kids. Well, and enjoy 19, what is now about 2,000 pitching staff, the hit to contact pitching staff, right. or pitch to contact, sorry. That too often um, became pitch to sweet spot, right. but I digress. But when they were good, that yeah. works. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we have. The We don't really have a strikeout, strikeout guy, right? But we have a lot of pitchers who are true professionals, who know how to control the zone, and uh, you know some of them have some additional giddy-up. Mally comes uh, and, and is healthy. All of a sudden, that top four looks pretty good. All right. So we're not going to elaborate too much on this now because Lavelli Neal is just around the corner. We'll let him talk with us very much about the Twins. But so we've covered, and this is very all-encompassing, basketball, which includes prep, college women and men, Division One, Division Two, Timberwolves. We've also got hockey, which improves with the college ranks, we hope, and the Wild. And then you've got the Vikes and the Twins. So we'll keep it to four. Basketball, hockey, Vikings, Twins being football, baseball. The order of your excitement right now is what? Well, it's basketball first because of UMD wins. Right. I agree. Uh, it's hockey second because my guys are playing. No. Twins um, second for me. It's uh, the Twins are third, and the Vikings are just doing little stuff. And so, I'll give you the wild third, and yeah, there's a hockey tournament going on. I hope somebody plays a close game sometime soon. I don't even care if the Gophers win or lose. Just please don't make me watch 8 nothing again. Yeah, right. There were That's enough great. of those. The Twins, we continue to talk about them with Lavelle Enil the third. Next, we're the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, stick around. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're back on the Northland Sports page. Little wobble. That means Lavelli Neal III of the Star Tribune is right around the corner. Thanks to our lovely sponsors, we're able to bring you some good stuff every Saturday. Lavelle's one of the best, so are our sponsors. Absolutely. Aurora Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, and Famous Daves. So again, in the opening segment, you just missed it. We talked about our excitement levels for basketball in a myriad of ways, hockey in a couple different ways, the Vikings and the Twins. All of those we know we can talk about with Lavelle, but we're going to go wheelhouse first and most importantly. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's the best thing about having Lavelle on. We are baseball guys, all three of us, frankly. But with his new job, we're able to talk any sport. Again, we bring in Star Tribune columnist Lavelle Neal III. Lavelle, I was joking as we opened the show because Dave Sinekin was just in front of us. I said, you know, there's got to be listeners out there that heard you and said, boy, I hope that conversation continues. I said, well, give us a half an hour and it will. You are really making the radio rounds today, and good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning. Uh, great to talk to you guys again. Hope, hope all is well up there in Duluth. Absolutely, minus the a couple feet of snow that's still done most of our yards. But yeah. believe it or not, opening day for baseball is coming up Thursday for the Twins in Kansas City. Lavelle, I'm going to start with this because 
cautious optimism maybe is the best way to put it because most people that I've talked to about the Twins, you know, know that this roster seems to have what it takes to be pretty good, especially addressing the depth the way that they did. And it looks like that depth might be called upon already with the Polanco situation, the Kirloff situation, etc. I know you closed your conversation with Cine with the number of wins they could get, and it was fairly high. So expand on that and tell me why. And are people, you know, merited in thinking this team should be pretty good? Well, I, you know, if, if they're bit again by the injury bug like they were a year ago, it's, it's going to be tough. But uh, the two things this team's going to do well, they're going to pitch much better than they did a year ago, yeah. and they're going to catch the ball a little bit better. Um, you just look at the cast of characters that was in that opening day rotate, uh, bullpen at the beginning of the year, and you look right now, you have a returning Ori Akava, you have Jorge Lopez, uh, who hopefully will set up for Duran, and uh, you have guys like Griffin Jacks in the fold, uh, Bill Barr, who's a crafty lefty from Randolph, and Giovanni Moran, who's coming around. Uh, this this uh, bullpen's going to be better at protecting leads and holding games close than it was uh, a year ago when they had like the the uh, the skeletal remains of Joe Smith and some other guys in that bullpen. So. Um, and plus, you don't have – you have to give a much deeper rotation um, after they made moves to add Tyler Molly and trade for Pablo Lopez. And you see what the Twins think about Lopez because he's at the front of the rotation pitching an opening day. So, And uh, for those who haven't seen Lopez, uh, think of, think of a, another Brad Rackey who will strike out a few more batters than Brad Rackey. Um, you know, uh, uh, who's the Rockies manager? Bud Black said uh, last year, last June actually, that Lopez may have the best changeup in baseball. And you're going to see that in play. He's going to attack right-handed and left-handed hitters with it. Um, he's a student of the game. He's always looking to fine-tune the, the final points and, and pays attention to details. He does. He sweats the small stuff in order to be uh, a good pitcher. I think you're going to see that from him right out of the shoot. So, and as you get to the back of the rotation, you got guys like uh, Tyler Molly. And Kent Tomato, who, who um, matchup-wise will be better, you know, than other teams' fourth and fifth starters. So I think there's an advantage there. Plus, uh, because you don't have Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer around, I, I mean, you just don't know the strain they put on the bullpen when they pitched four or five innings and had to come out of games. Or in Chris Archer's, you know, case, three innings and had to come out. And you're like, here, okay, guys, here's 18 outs you got to cover. <laughs> you know, that's just uh, put the strain on the bullpen. So, You'll see the improved pitching, and the defense is going to be solid. And you can win that way, whatever offense they get. I do worry about the daily lineup. I do about the layoff hitter and the cleanup spot. But I think this team is going to win a lot of games because of pitching and defense. I agree with you. Now, it's interesting because we did hear you touch on that with Sinekin as well, and we were preparing for our show, but listening to you, and when you brought up Chris Archer in four innings, I immediately said four, tried two or three, and then you corrected yourself too. So that was a comical moment for us. Dave Cook, I know the uh, proverbial door is open. Lots of questions for Lavelle. Yeah, really, I do. And I want to ask this first because I agree with you that the pitching staff is deep. But is this a Dick Such, Guardy, TK, pitch-to-contact pitching staff? I mean, I don't... I don't see any... (laughs) I don't see anybody that... I mean, Scott Baker would fit with this, this, don't you think? Well, I think that uh, Lopez is a little bit more than a pitch-to-contact guy, although he does get ground ball outs. Joe Ryan, you know, he's an intriguing guy. I, you know, I think Ryan is 15-9 through his first 32 starts uh, with the Twins, and that's pretty doggone good. That's better than 
uh, Jose Barrios and much better than Kyle Gibson at the same points in their his in, in their careers. Mm-hmm. And he's more of a guy who who survives with a high fastball and gets a lot of fly ball outs. Um, you know, you remember that you remember that group that you're mentioning, uh, Kevin Slowey. You know, he's not going to blow it past anybody. Yep. Blackburn, no. I would. No, I, I'm going to have to look at the numbers right now. I, I would consider that. I would pretty. I would guess that most of their strikeouts per nine innings uh, is much lower than this group's here. Because uh, Sonny Gray gets on the roll, can strike out about seven or eight guys. Yes. Molly definitely. Molly's weird because he pitches like 91, 92 the first couple of innings, and then all of a sudden it's up to 93, 94. And I'm like, man, this guy needs to come out like that and begin, begin games that way. That would probably want to help his cause. Um, I, I have high hopes for, for Ryan. And once again, uh, Pablo Lopez is going to be – he's definitely an above-average pitcher. Uh, and it cost the Twins a bat and cha- champion in order to get him. To me, the wild card's Kenta Maeda. Um, he, uh, he's about two miles an hour down from a year ago. Is that because he's 34? Is that because uh, he's coming back from time to John? Is that because it's spring training? Uh, or is he going to find at two miles an hour? And he's going to have his nice pinpoint command, because that's what got him to be second in the Cy Young voting uh, in 2020, because he had impeccable command. The guy's chasing, breaking stuff out of the strike zone and was able to thrive that way. Uh, he's been on the backfield throwing 91-92 and complaining to umpires about balls and strikes. So, uh, I don't <laughs> so know he's ready. Because he's pressing or nervous or not, com- not comfortable what he's throwing, uh, Bailey Ober has pitched well enough to be on this rotation. Uh, he's been excellent this spring. He has pitched well enough to earn a job, and he's probably going to get cut after this start today. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's not going to be pleased about it because uh, right now he's outpitched Ma- Maeda. But as we learn in baseball, folks, um, the best players don't make a team. The players out of options, the players who are healthy, and the players who are 34 years old coming back from Tommy John surgery make, make roster. <laughs> <make laughs> so. Uh, that, that, that's what uh, Ober's looking at. But he'll be the first guy summoned if there's an injury or if May, May that just throws up all over the place the first four or five weeks of the season. So I, I just like and I like their options for for uh, for other guys. Simeon Woods Richardson and Louis Varlin. You know, I think they have other guys who are better than some of the Flotsam and Jess when they called up from the minors in, in past years to sustain this thing. Um, Josh Winder. I don't know. If, I don't know if I've actually written this or not, or mentioned much of it. Winder looks like he's going to be moved into the relief role. Um, you know, health-wise, he just hasn't gotten to the point where he can extend innings and pitch. You know, four or five innings, six inning outings, without having some hiccups physically. So they're going to see if they can shrink his appearances to keep him healthy because he's got the stuff, and that's scary because Winder was already hitting 96. You know, as a starter, if he's a reliever and he's coming in for shorter stints. You know, he comes in throwing 97-98. It could be a difference maker in that bullpen. And it, it stinks because I mean, everybody wants to see the Twins develop a starting pitcher, and it's been hard for them to do through the years. Um, you know, so a wise man told me you, in order to have three good starting prospects, you need 10 because guys get to the higher levels of the minors and suddenly don't know how they can't change speeds or they don't have the pinpoint control. They just don't have the stuff to get batters out. And plus, uh, Derek Falvey told me at a state fair, uh, in front of a state fair audience a few years ago, that 50% of all starting pitching prospects make their first appearance in the majors as a reliever. And we're seeing that type of attrition with guys like Jawan Duran. I would have loved to see what his career would have been as a starter. Right. Uh, and Josh Winder, you know, big, strong, strappy young kid. But injuries uh, have curtailed their ability to build up the type of innings that are required to, you know, be a starter. 
So they're being converted to relievers. And in the long run, it helps, but it stinks because uh, the Twins have gone maybe a generation without developing at a quality starting pitcher. So I know at least a generation, you know. So, um, but you know they're trying to get the the, the 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 most use out of what they have. And you know, Ober worries me. Bailey Ober is not throwing 100 innings in a season since that, since he was at the College of Charleston. He's not. So and he had like two groin pulls, or whatever, last year uh, that that thwarted his. Um, his rise. So I want to monitor in that one too. So yeah, it is hard to get good starting pick up to the majors and that's forced the twins to go out and make trade. They traded for Molly. They traded for gray. They traded for, um, Pablo Lopez. They, uh, they traded for that. Say Maeda. I was say, technically, they <laughs> got, they for Ryan. technically they got Joe Ryan yeah. and Maeda via trade, right? You're exactly right. The San Diego. So, yeah. Right. Well, the, the yeah, Chris Paddock. they traded for, you know, yeah. Paddock was a trade. You know, but he's going to be out for the year coming back right. from Tommy John, and that one's going to be worth watching because the two-time Tommy John guys don't come back the same, and uh, that's worrisome for me as uh, you know Paddock works his way back. So, but um, regardless of how they've had to do it, trades, free agency, homegrown development, it's a staff that I think is uh, is pretty sturdy, and it's going to help them grind through a season. So pitching will forever be the A topic with this team because, like you said, it's been a generation since they've had a that's-our-guy type moment. But you did say earlier you worry about the daily lineup. The biggest worry, obviously, is Jorge Polanco right away. Brian Buxton is always a worry. Polanco, though, I believe you say Nick Gordon should get the first shot to start at second. But is it going to be Kyle Farmer? Are we just looking at Gordon until Polanco is ready because he's close? What are we looking at there? Yeah, um, I talked to him today in the clubhouse, and he's going to play Tuesday in a Maryland game. And that's going to be his first game action this spring. So um, you look at the general progression of being prepared for a regular season. There's a lot of hitters like to get about 50 or bats or so. If Polanco, I would imagine he would play on Tuesday, take Wednesday off, and then play on Thursday. And if everything's well, then he'll start playing every day. So um, if he gets three or four plate appearances, you know, it's still going to take, you know, about uh, 12, 15 days for him to be ready. So, I'm guessing the third week of April, uh, he could be ready to contribute to the team. And uh, he's needed. I mean, in the absence of uh, Luis Arias, I think Polanco is the best at bat taker uh, left. Um, he can work counts. Um, he has good strike zone judgment. And he can pop the ball a little bit. And I, I, he's needed in that top three, somewhere in that order. It looks like, if you look at today's lineup out of uh, Fort Myers, it looks like Rocco's going to use Joey Gallo in the leadoff spot against right-handed pitchers. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I know he walked 115 times in 2021, um, but I also know that he's only he's a career 199 hitter. And I just he's he's so far from a prototypical leadoff hitter. You have to stand up and take notice, even though that traditional you know lineup construction has changed. Uh, especially with the with the geeks taking over baseball, right. uh, that it's not that big of a, a spot, and you can rotate people in and out, and that's fine. But there was a comfort level with this club, knowing that Arise is going to lead off and give them a good at bat, and I think there's quality, there's value to that. They also don't have a Nelson Cruz in the middle of the order, uh, a proven run producer either. So I'm curious to see how the runs are going to be scored with this offense. To me, to me, the key for the offense this year. It's Alex Kirilov on Jose Miranda. Miranda you know, taking off where he was last year and Kirilov being healthy and, and being the top 25 prospect he was uh, when he was coming up through the system, man. So uh, that kid can hit. And, but this wrist thing has really thwarted his, his progress the last year and a half or so. But if those guys are swinging it pretty good, 
in uh, in the middle to bottom part of the order, this offense is going to thrive. So, um, to me, they they are huge keys to the sustainability of the offense. We're going to go baseball nerd here for a second. In the in the previous show, you talked about how uh, Joey Gallo is kind of Dave Kingman reincarnate. How much money in today's in today's uh, baseball and and the ideas behind it the you know, home run or strikeout or walk with Dave Kingman, Pete Incavilia, and Steve Balboni, and all those guys that got laughed at when they played because it was what we're talking about right now. How much money would they make today? It depends on timing. Um, when were they a free agent when they had their best seasons? Because if I'm not mistaken, Kingman was a late bloomer. I don't have baseball reference in front of me. Right. But I think when he was like 27, 28, 29, Things fell into place for him, and he made a couple all-star games. That would have been when he was hitting free agency in this day and age. He probably would have cashed in for about, you know, ten to fifteen million dollars uh, a year. So um, he definitely had value. I don't know about Inky. Not sure about uh, about Balboni, uh, but uh, I know I'm biased because I grew up in Chicago and I saw right. Dave Kingman yeah. uh, missing swish and hit for the uh, for the Cubs. So. Um, I know uh, his, his background. He also is part of great Metrodome lore. He hit the pop-up that went through the yeah, tiny hole in the ceiling and never came back down. So uh, the Twins actually brought him out. God, what year was that? Because my first year in the beat was 98. It was like 99 or 2000. It was the anniversary of that play, and they brought Kingman back out. Uh, they were playing the Angels, and Mickey Hatcher was on the field for that pop-up. So Mickey Hatcher now at that time was a coach for the angels. Right. And sure enough, they had a guy up in the ceiling of the Metrodome uh, in, in the roof and dropped the ball through that hell hole. And Mickey had to grab the glove and tried to catch the ball <laughs> as a reenactment and fell on his ass and everybody laughed. And it was just a ridiculous scene. Dave Kingman disproving uh, so, gravity. Uh, you gotta love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Kingman would have made a little bit of money. I'm not sure about the other two guys, but, uh, I don't know. Bob Boney had a he had a reputation, you know, as a power hitter. So maybe that would have clicked in for him. But you know, some guys, you know, blossom later than ever. And if the Twins could get Gallo just to hit two thirty, yeah, it would make so much difference. But man, one ninety nine is just when you're, you know, there's people's blood alcohol content that are higher than uh, <laughs> the Joey Gallo's career batting average. So that's just it's just problems with me uh, him batting uh, leadoff for the squad. Interesting analogy. I think when they signed Joey Gallo, there were members of the fan base that thought the front office blood alcohol level must be higher than his batting average to even get him here, but we'll see. <laughs> the last question that I have, yeah. because we're short on time and there's so many things that I could talk to you about, we'll have you back and I'll pepper you with the Bears question later, but last baseball question, last question of the day, Max Kepler certainly looked like he wasn't going to be part of this team. Now he is. The shift is gone. Chip on shoulder. Can we see a big resurgence of him or no? Had a conversation with uh, Justin Morneau about him and Gallo because um, they were ranked. Gallo was 19th and Kepler was 20th in terms of percentage times of times they were shifted against, and it was like in the 80s. Um, Morneau seems to think there is a psychological boost here from not seeing the shift, and he says the first time they hit a ground ball to the right side of the infield that gets through for a hit, it's going to be a relief to them, and it, it could have benefits down the road. So I'm curious to see that. Uh, Morneau looks at the game. He doesn't look at it totally differently, but he does have a unique perspective uh, about things, and I never considered that when thinking about the benefits of them not being a shift. Well, I was sitting here this morning reading a story about um, in Baseball America uh, about some of the studies they did, and it looked like the, the shift 
based on the batting average of balls in play, did not make that big of a difference. Um, they looked at it in the minors. They required infielders, I think, for the first half of the double-A season to to keep their feet on the dirt. And then the second half of the season, they had to have two guys on each side of the second base bag. And the difference in the, the BABIP, as they call it, was, was negligible. So um, did the shift really make a difference? Uh, you know, it seemed like hitters just tried to hit over it. Uh, hitters didn't try to hit hit into the hole. And talking to Gallo about it, um, you know, he made a point about if I hit a ground ball through the, sh- you know, to beat the shift, you know, I'm thinking that I'm winning because I got a single, but the opponent's going, no, we win because you didn't hit a homer. You know, so I mean, that encourages encourage players not to adjust. You know, that type of mindset, and so um, you see how the the numbers shake out, and it, it apparently hasn't made that big of a difference. So, will it help Kepler just from a mental view? to look out there and not see a third guy in short right field, it remains to be seen. Certainly does. Baseball is going to look a lot different, but we're always glad to talk about it with you. There's so many more things we could have touched on. We'll have to do it next time. Lavelle Neal the third Star Tribune columnist. You know I got to talk Bears with you. We could have talked darn near anything. The Wild and Wolves in a playoff push just means you got to come back. I hope you will soon. Thank you for the time today. Yeah, we have to, you know, do our predictions about Justin Fields being the best quarterback in the division. Yeah, something sure like that. Do. He and Donovan McNabb both throw the best sliders down in the dirt. They could pitch for the Twins. That's my take on it. <laughs> Donovan McNabb may be the best runner on the Bear, on the, on the Twins team right now. <laughs> that might be sad, but true. Then we're in for a long season. I appreciate you, Lavelle. Let's talk again soon. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks, Lavelle. That is Lavelle Emil the third Star Tribune columnist. Stick around. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome to our house here in the Holiday Center downtown Duluth. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We're back on the Northland Sports page. One more segment in hour number one, then a fun-filled hour number two as well. So stick around with us until noon. Glad to be with you for two hours every Saturday. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors. Dave Cook, you've got more on each of them. Yeah, let's start with Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, and Justin May, our agent at Messina and Associates. And Mr. Justin May, we hope with the housing market heating up is just too busy to be on with us today. So we know that that'll happen. That's good news, though, because time is money, and hopefully he's making some today. It's okay. We can do the segment without him, but we want everybody to utilize him if they can. Absolutely. You know, Justin's Justin's got a lot of points and a lot of thoughts about home buying, home selling, and if you like mechanicals, he's your guy. Absolutely. So give him a call for your buying and selling needs in the housing market. 218-310-9559. That's Mr. Justin May. The segment we play with him is, of course, buy or sell. I'm buying the idea that you'll do just fine in his absence today. Well, I'll do my best. All right. So the way buy or sell works, I give a statement on each of the four major sports leagues. If you agree, you say buy, you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell, and you tell me why. Your biggest responsibility, besides your grandiose opinions, is telling me the order in which we play. Yeah, we're going to start with the NFL. Let's talk Vikings. All right, of course we are. 
because we just said we're not that excited about their offseason. So why not try to generate some? Every time I turn on the mothership, this station, the Lamar Jackson rumors are being talked about. I don't see it. I don't know how much I'd want it. That's the buy or sell. Buy or sell, you'd like Lamar Jackson as the Vikings QB next season. Uh, I'm going to sell that and not for the reason most people would sell that. I think that Lamar's style of play, and it's proven over the last couple of years, he gets injured. And unless you have a quality back up who plays the same style right. of game. Because all easy. of a sudden, Nick Mullins have become a very imperative part of the Viking roster. But Nick Mullins doesn't play the same kind of game. So you'd need a different backup too because But Lamar, you need a backup available readily. Right. So this is a case where you might draft the kid from Louisville, the quarterback from Louisville, who's got the same kind of running skills and he's got a really good arm. He's just not polished. Right. Lamar's polished and could help him. But Lamar's going to miss three games a year. And if you're going to pay somebody $40 million and you know he's going to miss three games a year, I don't know. All right, so I agree with everything you just said, which always scares me and doesn't make for the best radio. (laughs) But I do have a follow-up question because I'm going to sell it too for all of the reasons that you mentioned. And it's not because I've become a little bit of a Kirk Bobo. It's not about wanting to keep him and, you know, wrap my arms around him for the long term. I think this is it for Kirk. I think it's play this out. And unless, you know, they hoist a Lombardi trophy finally, it's probably the end of the Kirk Cousins era. And it could be anyway just because age is but a number except for in professional sports. But you said not for the reason that most people would. So what do you think the overwhelming reason is? Because I think it is Lamar's lack of health. I think I think people don't think he is a um, a quarterback that's... That can accurate. actually throw? Yes. Okay. And Another running back who happens to play quarterback? Yes. And, you know, like Tim Tebow with more accuracy. Well, that's not... That's not giving Jackson enough credit because his accuracy numbers are pretty good. Look at his receivers. Right. I mean, he's so got what, a tight end and a bunch of other so guys. So what comparison does he deserve? Because it's Mike Vick. Uh, you know, have you run at that level? Probably not. Cam Newton. Okay, Same he's gotten thing. hurt and been out of the league. So it is that type of risk. But Cam did a lot more than Lamar has. I know Lamar has an MVP, but still. I think, honestly, and this is going to sound ridiculous, I think his comp is Dante. Because he's got the he's got the arm strength. Does he have really tiny hands? Well, I don't know about that. Right, I don't know him well but enough. When Dante when Dante ran, he was a good running quarterback, right. and then he had to stop playing because he got injured. However, Dante basically got injured once badly. Dante was built like a truck. Yep. He finished runs differently. I don't look at Lamar and go, "That guy's a truck." No, he's good size. That though. guy's a Volvo. He's thick. I mean, he's got. He is. I think he's built um, fantastically for the kind of game he plays. But, you know, the NFL is, you know, they got guys everywhere that'll blow you up when you play that. And so I would love to have him. I would take him at half the salary he's going to make or even three quarters of the salary he's going to make and understand that he's going to miss some games. Right. I had to smirk at that because if only we could coupon clip on a lot of players, there's a lot of guys I would take because the Vikings salary cap constraints right now, they're doing a lot of, I call it the Roger Dorn theory. Wish we had him two years ago because... A lot of their pickups, you look at two seasons ago and they were great. Last year they were hurt, which is why they can afford them right now. Yeah. So the NFL's by the boards. Where to next? Well, let's uh, let's go to the Twins. No, let's go to Twins last. How about let's do basketball? All right. So the NBA, we started to touch on this to open the show completely. And it's the beauty and really the ugliness of the Western Conference right now. Because if you win a couple games in a row, you can vault from 11th or 12th up to 6th. You lose two, three games in a row. You can go from 6th to watching the entire postseason. Carl Anthony Towns is back. We think Anthony Edwards is coming back soon. The schedule's a little tough in the immediate. Is Cat returning, et cetera, enough to get this team into a top six spot? 
the guy, the cat who played the other night by herself. Yeah. Uh, I am. I'm going to. The problem is, is there's two cats. Right. Uh, I will. Buy, One's a little bit like Garfield. Who's the other one? I, I will buy because the cat we saw the other night, who was willing to defer and got his in perfect spots, and Mike Conley helps a lot. Right. Um, I'll buy that if the Memphis playoff series cat comes back. I'm gonna sell because the the hysterics that he brings or has brought in the past don't help that team at all. It's a huge minus. But what we saw last night or the other night when he when he they plays all blow together this time of year, don't they? Bit, yep. Right. When he is uh, you know active and getting the ball where he can be successful and this success, you know he he only complained about a fall once or twice, right? And before it was once or twice every foul. <laughs> I was gonna say once or twice in the moment that follows the foul, yeah. and we lose a guy on a defensive possession. So I think it's buy because of what I've seen. I hope it's not sell. All right, so I think it's sell because of what you just said. Because you're right about what he can do. You're right that he's great when he wants to be. The consistency's never been there. Right, but now after missing 50 games, maybe he realizes how much this team needs him. But I think Conley helps, man. I was going to say it'll have to be a don't know what you got till it's gone. And yep. I'm not talking about the Timberwolves not knowing what they had in Cat until he was gone. It's the fact that Cat didn't know what he had in being a pro basketball player until he couldn't do it for you know half who, a season. You know who might be most excited about Cat coming back? The Utah Jazz. Because if he plays like he's played in the past, Utah's going to have two dips in the lottery. Well, we'll see how that goes. Time will tell on the Wolves. Not a lot of time left. It feels like there should be a lot more schedule left. There isn't. There isn't. Single digits worth of games. Yep. It's time, to, it's time to make hay. Like you said, they could be you know sixth, maybe even the fifth, if they play and do really well. But... Again, they could be in a lottery. If I was going to say, the NBA standings are a little bit like your NCAA bracket prior to right now because you do want to check it every day because there's that many changes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so two down, two to go. Where to next? Yeah, let's go to hockey. All right, so in the NHL, I teased this earlier, and I said you'd hear about it later. Buy or sell that Marcus Johansson has been the biggest in-season acquisition for the Wild this year because they've got a lot of newness. Who's been the biggest? Buy or sell, it's Marcus Johansson. Um, because of his impact on Boldy, it's Marcus Johansson. I mean, they've they've got some really good, um, you know, run from Trevor's cousin, and they've got some really good run from Klingback. Poor Oscar Sundquist gets nothing from us. <laughs> but the uh, but Johansson is he seems to have made Boldy more aggressive. I don't know if he puts Boldy in the right spot or if he can just fly with him or what the story is. Right. But he's him making Boldy into a star makes him the most valuable. All right. All of that has great merit, and in the moment, I think it's accurate. And I would buy based on all of that. But since I just said in season, I'm going to sell and you're going to laugh at my choice because it's a guy that when we got him, I went, why? It's Ryan Reeves. This team needed to get tougher more than anything. I needed to be a team that had some stars, but couldn't have stars that got walked all over with Ryan Reeves policing things. You look at the chaos that was the blues game that we talked about last week with Ryan Reeves policing things. This team just gets treated different and he's got a little bit of skill. Not enough still. He's not Chris Stewart in my world, like I mentioned last week. But Ryan Reeves, that I couldn't stand the move and didn't understand it, has turned out to be huge. Well, and and his attitude. You know, he's got just enough cocky to bring his team into that world where they're co- more confident. And uh, so that part of it, there's no head down in that locker room because Reeves won't allow it. Right. The crazy part is, I think it's Reeves for this season. But I think, and I think it might have been Lavelle who wrote the article already for the Star Tribune, if it's somebody that you've got to keep long-term, 
I'm not sure that guy is Reeves. That guy is Johansson. He's already been here twice now. Just yeah. let him stay here. Yeah, especially if his... If it's the seven-year boldy development that yes. he's got the big jump on. Yep, it's a little like Zuccarello with uh, Kaprizov. So. They're going to be attached at the hip, and if you're a Minnesota fan, that's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. All right, so we are closing with baseball. Yep. Buy or sell that the excitement surrounding the World Baseball Classic is huge for Major League Baseball being right around the corner. Oh, that's a great question, Thank Brian. you. Um, I am going to buy it this way for the time being. I think right now they've, you know, especially with the Angels and all their and all their star. I think in so in, I think in SoCal probably a little longer. Right. But I think the rest of us are like, oh, that was really cool. If Not I'm an Angels stars. fan, I'm probably going to be ticked off because they're probably going to underachieve again. And on the world uh, stage, no, they're going, true. we have the two best players in the game. How in do we suck world, every year? Yeah. No, the um, I, I think it's going to be short, short lived. But I think the start of the season, yeah, I think it'll it'll keep the excitement going. It might not be after three games. <laughs> right. That's my point. Is that yes and not really. So I agree with the end of that, which sucks because, again, it doesn't make it for great radio. But I'm going to sell. We talk about stuff. Like right. It's that. almost like we communicate during the week. But I'm going to sell because here's the problem. We just talked about in the opening segment, everything the World Baseball Classic time-wise was up against. Baseball nerds are the ones who watched it. We don't need to be enticed to the sport. We don't need to be drawn in terms of interest. We're going to be there no matter what the rules are. Yeah. If it's about more excitement in general for the start of baseball season because of the World Baseball Classic, I'd argue you didn't get it. Because somebody who's not very interested that you're trying to draw to Major League Baseball, there's no way in the busiest time in sports that you got them to watch the World Baseball Classic. I think maybe because Google exists and you know TV and radio and podcasts, that enough people probably talked about it that they might be aware, but I'm not sure they use the World Baseball Classic to go, gosh, I can't wait till Thursday. Those of us who did already couldn't wait till Thursday. I think that the last at-bat and the celebration when it was Trout against the other guy... Um, I don't. I, I don't want. Anybody, yes, I don't want anybody to drink. Um, the Dave uh, just leaves off the tea, which is ironic because what is he drinking right now? Tea. Yeah, Go 100%. ahead. Hundred percent. So um, I think that last at bat, the last strikeout, where it was everywhere on social media, I think enough people saw that that it got them excited. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.